Hello, and welcome to episode 27 of The Podding Shed, the podcast of the ChelseaFCblog.com. Well, if there were ever any doubt that the mighty Chelsea is the world's most bipolar football club, the last week should cast aside all doubt. Had the results against Swansea and Stoke been reversed, I doubt that many Blues fans would have been surprised. Elsewhere, as the transfer window continued to underwhelm, Jose Mourinho livened up proceedings by starting to flirt with English football again, which has set the minds of the press and Chelsea fans racing. So, tonight, as we pick the bones out of the games against Swansea and Stoke, look forward to Southampton and Arsenal and ponder the weighty issue of financial fair play and anything else that takes our fancy. This week, we are reduced to a power trio as Mark 25 is on an undercover mission to locate Fernando Torres' bollocks. So, joining me, Dare Kaiser, are Dr. Blue Bayou, who is Donal. Good evening. And Grocer Jack, who is Tony. Good evening. Mark will return next week, probably empty-handed. Gents, good evening. Um, <laughs> We will um, we will start off with a look at the Swansea game. Um, saw bits and pieces of it. Donald, you were there, so you're going to tell us all about it in a minute. Um, from <clears throat> limited sighting of, uh, of what went on, it, we, we had a, a fairly decent game, punctuated by howlers and an inability to finish. That would about sum it up. <clears throat> um, it had uh, had a lot of the same uh, elements that the, the QPR game had. Mm. Um I, I was, you know, Swansea, I thought they'd play a little bit more football. Not, I'm not being critical. I, it was just an assumption that they would play a little bit more. But they, they were very happy, you know, in a two-leg game where you're going to play the home leg. Sensibly, it was all about not conceding. And um, we <clears throat> aided and abetted them in that. Although, unlike the QPR game, we, we started quite well. And uh, certainly in the first half hour and two or three very decent chances, which one of which we should have buried. And, and of course, that would have then probably not changed the pattern of the game too much because Swansea would still think, well, you know, one goal. But at least it would start to put some doubt in their minds. But um, they missed those chances. And, you know, by half-time, starting to get a bit stale. And in the second half, unlike the QPR game where they came out and got a bit creative it just got staler and staler and um, you know it would have been a nil-nil draw probably other yeah. than for two absolutely shocking howlers by, <laughs> by uh, Branislav Ivanovic who um, you know to be fair has, has as the modern parlance has it has put in many a shift for Chelsea and yeah, I think you know, as we saw with uh, he has enough credit in the bank. To, as we saw with the boy Walters on, at the weekend, you know, you sometimes you just have one of those games. Um, unfortunately, you know, you can't afford to have one of those games when you're not taking your chances up the other end. Um, you know, and credit to Swansea, I think, like several teams, they've realised that. <clears throat> You know, they sort of sit back and allow us to bring the ball out, mm. you know, six or seven times. And then, you know, every so often, just, you know, press up, go for a full press high up the pitch. Man United do it quite well as well. You know, suddenly there's two men on the, man each on the full backs and two men going straight at the centre backs and someone pushing up behind the, mm. the midfielder who's, who's supposed well, to be the outlet. I mean, it's worth it's worth doing against us because the thing, and especially the the, the pairing of um, of Cahill and Ivan, who are both good, solid defenders, and, and obviously that's that's what we love them for. But 
both in terms of distribution, not not the greatest. You'd rather, I mean, Terry's passing is much much underrated, um, and, and Lewis is obviously, you know, he is your classic. Ball it, it wasn't a question of passing though, John, was it? It was just just pure ball control, which yeah, you know, I, even even I take your point about um, just not being not being as comfortable on the ball as others, shall we say? I think it was almost lack of concentration. You know, I, Ivan, Ivanovic and, and Kay are, are quite capable of, of, you know, taking the ball, close control, moving it along. It was just, you know, and it, you can understand how in these games where you've got 70, nearly 80% of the possession, or, or it seems like that, it may not statistically be like that. You know, there, there is that, yeah, and, there, and there's that sort of, well, the ball's coming to me, I'm looking where it's going to go and it's just that second sometimes you get away with it and, and mm. it just so happened on an evening where we'd failed to get the early goal that's what happened and the second one he just didn't look did he as no. far as I could see he, he didn't he mm. wasn't aware of who was around him or, or, no. or what was no, the first one he got the ball too far ahead of him and, and the second one was you know uh, but you know to Against QPR, the, the thing had been, well, we didn't play Hazard and Matter. We didn't play the creative people. We did on against Swansea. But, you know, they, they're they a decent side. You know, they you can't underrate them. Um, no, not at all. You know, they, they, they're, they're able to, to defend um, in depth without being overly aggressive. You know, there was no kicking people up in the air or anything like that. But and, and I, hate, I hate to come back to it. If you haven't got anyone disrupting the two centre backs in 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 a deep lying defensive team, then really you are struggling. Yeah, and it's 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 well, it is, is. I, I don't particularly want to go down the road of talking about Torres all night because we've it, it's it's gone just rather bad enough, hasn't it? Yeah. You know whether he was tired, whether he was ill, or whether he just isn't up to it anymore. The difference when Barr came on um, was palpable because it was more in ten minutes than we'd seen in eighty, wasn't it? Yeah, and you know, Marin came on and was quite bright. You know, the, the changes were made again, not to start the, the Benitez loving or loathing debate. You know, wanting to more concentrate on the game, but I was conscious more than I was against QPR that it needed changing after the hour and and. I know you've said this on many occasions that so that was one of his his weaknesses, and I certainly felt it on on Wednesday. You know, one two nil down at home in a two leg game. I know you don't want to do well. Not that Ranieri really did that because he was making his changes against ten men, but you don't want to suddenly be three or four nil down because you've gone mad. But it wasn't going to be going mad to give up a holding midfielder. And put two up top, or just take the man who isn't performing off. And it's just you know, like, and it's I, to change it a little bit, isn't yeah. it? Because I think this. Is, I mean, I did regret hearing all the booing for you know. Yeah, it shocking, shocking as he was that night for whatever reason. Doesn't help. Frustrated as we've all been, I, I know that there are other people who will passionately argue that they pay their money, and you know these people are well paid for what they do and should be able to take them getting the bird that's fine you know you're entitled to but for me personally it doesn't help I, I, I mean I agree with both points you know yeah you've, you've, you've caught up and it's particularly painful quid, then fair enough but it's particularly painful watching the Torres thing because 
to watch a man struggling who, who you know, at the age of 23, 24, seems to have the world XP, it just... It's, it's not I know, I know he's, he's, he's not going to... Unlike the, the man who I gave a, a pound to in Borough Market today who's going to be spending the night on the street tonight, he's not, you know, he's not going to be in that situation. But there's still... You know, I think at that level you, you must suffer a bit mentally. I don't think he's a, a bogart or someone who's happy to just sit there and take the money. I think it's hurting him. It's, 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 yeah, it's not pleasant to it's, watch. You know, if, if football is the sort of unfolding of drama, etc., etc., then, you know, we're seeing the downside of it with him. But, mm. yeah. So, you know, it was a game that we could have quite easily, at the minimum, have just been going down with a nil-nil draw. So at least they didn't have an away goal. And it just, you know, on a, on a couple of poor decisions, you know, turned into a 2-0. Mm. It could have possibly have been 2-1 if they'd given the, the bar goal. Yeah, um, which was perfectly good from what I could see. And the final, you know, major irrit- it really it irritated me almost more than the result because I think at the end of the day, although we're seeing too many of them at home just recently, I think as I put on the blog... You know, we've, they're scoring an average of two point something goals a game at home since Benitez took over. The only problem is that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's an average. But actually, <laughs> it's, 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 it's not so great when you look at it individually, is it? Um, in two games, but it was the referee booking bar. Yeah, you know that was something that. Yeah, it's, that got, I know people talk about diving has got into the modern game, but the overreaction to it, and, and you know just completely misunderstanding uh, a collision between two players. It was neither a yellow nor a dive. Yeah. It was, it, I'm happy that he didn't want to give a penalty because the two people went for the ball. It was too quick for me to tell who got to it first. But they were both going for the ball. Mm. And, uh, you know, that, that, that just sort of put the lid on it for me. Crowned, the, the crowning turd in the swimming pool, so to speak. Yeah. Um, Tony, I'd just, just like to bring you in here. Um, we, we sort of spoke about this just before we um, before we started recording, but um, Pete, what's his comment on the blog about teams sitting back, happy to happy to you know happy to let us play to an extent? Um, and if, if we get a goal, generally things will open up because because we're geared up to play that way. And yeah. if teams come at us, we're, we're more able to exploit the space. Um, but it's sort of becoming, and especially at home, it's becoming a pattern that you know if QPR did it. Swansea did it the, the, the longer the game goes on the more confidence builds the more teams will sit there and think well you know we could possibly get a result here um, now obviously we'll talk about South, Southampton and Arsenal the games coming up Not, neither of whom are probably geared up to defend terribly well but I, th- I suspect they're both probably quite capable of packing the midfield out and seeing if they can nick something yeah. Um but yeah what, what did you um, what did you make of the game I think you saw of it I don't know Donald's um, summed it all up you know, rather succinctly there. I mean, as the game went on, I sort of said to you before, and I, I was watching it in a kind of, you know, Pink Floyd-esque English quiet frustration as, as things just didn't seem to be happening to us. And and, and I think you're right, the longer... Uh, Swansea were far more skillful and far more willing to have a, a little go at things than QPR were. Um, uh, one of the things I noted on the evening was that the very people who were absolutely tearing Rafa to pieces for his omission of Eden Hazard and uh, Juan Mata against QPR, 
um, were still tearing into pieces over the Swansea game, despite the fact that they both played this time. Um, and he didn't admit anybody. Arguably, he you know he played Bertrand instead of uh, possibly putting Oscar out on the left. Um, but that didn't seem to have any real adverse effect, I don't think, on us. And um, I think the frustration was is that we didn't have anybody bothering anybody in the box. Um, now, you know, I, the, I was... Assist tacticians will now call it, when, when Torres plays, the Invisible Nine formation. Exactly. Exactly, the Invisible Nine formation. <laughs> I, I was particularly scathing on Twitter as the game went on um, about Torres and uh, I, you know I sort of renamed him from El Nino to El Cabarde which is uh, Spanish for the coward because uh, yes. it's harsh but he, he whether he's you know it, Ill, it, it looks sometimes actively like he's almost running away from the ball yes. he doesn't yeah. want it now that's, yeah. that's the worst thing about it yeah and I think you know for yeah, previous criticisms of uh, Andre Shevchenko, for example, who, you know, pretty much two games into his Chelsea career, we all knew we'd bought someone who was just about ready for the knackers yard. Um, he he always tried. He always gave the impression that he was trying. He didn't shy yeah. away from things. He was bloody unlucky with some of the stuff he tried and shot yeah, it in the bar and that, you know. Um, uh, whereas Torres, you know, and, and the warning sign was there... Um, in the in the game at Stanford Bridge, where he basically, you know, the QPR game, where I think he just ran right across Oscar, as Oscar ran up the park, and instead of running into the space, the wide open space that was in the penalty box, ran over to the corner flag. Cue uproar from the Matthew Harding stand, the upper anyway that I was in, and I assume on the lower, about what the fuck are you doing over there? You know, when Oscar was looking for the ball to play into the centre, so. I think that is a serious problem. And Peter Watts made a very good point on there. I don't always agree with Peter, and he knows that. But he made a very good point on there that um, you know it, we've sold Sturridge for all his faults, yeah, and we've kept Torres, and effectively we're down to a single striker again, unless something is about to be announced, which. You know, well, we're, we're still a few days away from the end of the the the, the, the window, so potentially, I guess there is. Um, the diff- I mean, the difficulty is is that we won't. We do we do Torres every week, and, and yeah. we should we shouldn't rant too much. But albeit that he does some rather lend himself to it, but um, the difficulty is, um, bar as much as the, the you know his his supposedly iffy knee has been publicised, it, it's never really manifested itself. But he's never really played a huge amount. I think the most. The highest number of games he's played in any one season is about thirty-five or thirty-six. Yeah. Maybe one or two out. Yeah. There. But yeah. you know, we're probably without tossing the, the numbers up. We could probably, with the Europa League, two cup competitions, and the the rest of the um, domestic campaign, we're probably not far off of you know thirty. 35, maybe thirty-five matches left in the season. Yeah. So realistically, he's not going to play. Nice. That regularly, so yeah, you know, it's 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 a recurring problem, and if you know, frankly, if nothing happens within the next you know fifteen, sixteen days or whatever it is, that's a problem we're living with for the rest of the season. So Absolutely. Now, uh, I suppose you know, we get used to it, but um, I don't know whether there's an, it may be. I don't know if there's an option to bring Lukaku back, who seems to be. Um, Benito said in his press conference today, um, and he said, you know, only in the case of injuries will we will we think about recalling him. So. Really? It would okay. seem that he's staying there, but again, I mean, look fantastic on um, absolutely on Saturday was was very unlucky to be on the losing side. But yeah. um, I'm, I'm sort of relaxed about Lukaku. Yeah, I think yeah. despite despite what he's say, you know, some of the things he said over the weekend about not wanting to come back to Chelsea yet and so on and so forth. I, I I'm sort of happy that 
when the time's you know, right. You know, he's he's nineteen. You know, yeah. But let him have another season. Let him really. You know, because as we've seen before, one of the things with young players is, is learning to be consistent as a professional. You know, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you can't keep the consistency going, you know, that, that that's that's what finds you out. Yeah. Um, as long as as long as someone's looking after him physically, he's he's a very big man, and as long as they're making sure his knees are always proportionately strong enough to take his body, then you know, I'm happy for him to. To stay somewhere where he's used properly, and, and I think we can trust yeah. Steve Park well, to I, do I, that. Um, but, but I do agree that in, in the meantime, there should be, you know, there should have been another, or should be another forward yeah. at Chelsea who can, you know, step in there and, yeah. and, and be useful. And that, because well, um, be Moses, that's, that's, yeah, I mean, Moses or Hazard will play there, and, yeah. um, mm. and but you know, are, are either of them, you know, sort of natural strikers? My, my worry is, no, is of course that, not. But, you know, you I mean. Know, I've, we, we've discussed it before, and, and we've said, you know, uh, several times that, you know, what is it that, you know, forty thousand people in the stadium can see, and all of the critics of the press and, and other fans can see that the coach can't. You know, when a man is out of form, for whatever reason, whether it's because he doesn't like the fact that they've brought another striker, whether he's genuinely ill, homesick, doesn't like the side, whatever, whatever the reasons are, yeah. Torres hasn't met anywhere near the expectations, and and you, you you wonder, you know, you know, but whilst Benitez on the one hand is trying to get this air of credibility, you know, a serious coach, a serious manager, um, you know, it's trial for him, you know, personally I think it's probably a trial for him in order to get himself back into mainstream football, not at Chelsea, um, but if he was vying for the Chelsea job, then you know, is he going the right way about it by? appearing to appease the dictates well, from above you know, rather than actually saying, do you know what, I've tried with him, the bloke's spent full, so I don't know. And, and that's well, what worries me. That Listen, ultimately, if if it is the case that orders are coming from on high that Torres has to play, now whether that's true or you know, whether you believe, who knows, um, then he's got no choice but to play him. But he hasn't got a lot of other choices. That's, that's the yeah. problem, you know, yeah. in terms of if there were... Two or three sitting on the bench that you could try. Who knows? But anyway, yeah. listen. But yeah, you know, we go back to that that football, the Swansea game. And uh, mm. my my other comment on that is is uh, you know whilst we were all in you know various states of trauma and uh, and stress and you know uh, and despair over the whole thing, they only did to us what we did to Barcelona last year. Mm. That's all they did. They had a oh, game yes, plan. I mean, I, I, you know, Michael Loudrop had a game plan. They had a, they stuck to it. They didn't panic. And uh, you know, you, 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 when some, you do there's that, some, there's some good players in there as well. Yeah. I mean, Michu's the one who everyone obviously is talking about. But um, Ashley Williams, yeah, Vince, I thought was well for what I saw of him, looked absolutely top notch. Isn't he an attempted murderer yeah. though? Sorry, <laughs> isn't he an attempted murderer? Isn't he? <laughs> Maybe that's what maybe that's what kept Torres quiet was the fact that he could have a ball kicked straight at his head at any moment. All I actually had to do was sidle up and go, oh, "I'm going to take care of you, pal." Kill you with one kick. Yeah. See these boots, mate. Yeah, deadly weapons. Deadly weapons. I think there is a there is a touch of the, um, you know, if if you get the old tinfoil hat on. The season does seem to be structured in a way to cause us maximum grief in, in the most 
ironic fashion, you know, that we, we are losing these games to deep-lying teams who we should beat. You know, and, and it's sort of mirroring, in some ways, our progress to, to the Champions League final. We almost seem, seem condemned, you know, like some sort of flying Dutchman to forever now sail footballing seas and, and be beaten by teams who hit us, you know, with their only kick of the game. On, um, on that basis, I, I look forward to the, um, the, the the League Cup final against Bradford next month. <laughs> should be, um, should be, we'll have eighty-four percent possession, sixty-two yeah. shots, sixty-two shots on target, and we'll yeah. lose one nil in the ninety-eighth minute. Yeah. You can yeah, see so it a mile off. You know, I, I I I may take some time off to work on the libretto of a, a major opera just on that uh, about a football <laughs> team condemned to wander the world. Losing, oh, having had 85% possession. I mean, uh, finishing off the Swansea thing, do we believe we can go down there and do it? I think if we, we're uh, looking at our that away form. Away form? Yeah, I, yeah, I would say that. Uh, and if we get a goal, I've, I've often, often maintained, I know I'm saying uh, that I've, I, you know, I'm not some sort of suicide, but I've always said 2 0 is a shit score. Because the minute you're 2 0 up, I think it was Bill Shankly said, when you're 1 0 up, Go to get two nil. When you two nil up, go to three nil. When you three nil up, shut the shop. Mm. Yeah, but when you two nil up, and there's twenty minutes to go, and that other team score a goal, then it's adult nappies all around, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. and it's the, the old Danny Baker. Danny Baker did it. Re- still does it from time to time. You know, you if you want to incur the wrath of everyone around you, when you're two nil up, you need to stand up when the crowd are quiet and just say nothing. Thing can go wrong now, right? Yeah. Because you know that, that as short as as night follows day, that other team are going to score, and the momentum. Look at the FA Cup final, my friends. Look at that. Well, who was it? We, we were playing um, before they. I think it was the, maybe the season they went down, but we were playing Bolton at the Bridge. Bolton yeah, uh, up, yeah. possibly. Get, yeah, it was Bolton we up. up, and um, mm. boy. Yeah. That was boy, a... <laughs> oh boy, did it all go wrong. Yeah, the, yeah. the last two minutes where I think we cleared off the line that they were 4-3 and were sphincter clenching beyond belief because you were sitting there. Mm. When they got their first goal, I, I seem to remember sitting there thinking, <laughs> consolation, never mind. And they get a second goal, you're going, okay, fair enough. I mean, it, just reflect, it reflects the play. 4-3, you're going, oh, f- <laughs> help! Mm. No. I remember that was... Uh, Kevin Davis... Feel- Tortured us that night. Yes, he did. You could, you, you could still get. Uh, it was a Saturday because you could still get um, Spocker Saturday on Poor People's Television um, yeah, right. you know, on the old Freeview. And I remember I was doing something, and I had that going on in the background. And of course, we were four nil up, so I, I just left it on, listening to you know the usual nonsense that went on. And then there's a sort of you know there was a back over to Jeff, and oh well, Bolton have you know got a consolation, and then you know a couple of his. Uh, and then the scream, you know, the sort of high-pitched screaming business started. And uh, in the end, I had to turn it off because I just couldn't stand. <laughs> <laughs> My nerves went. Yeah. But, I mean, look at look at West Brom on, on Saturday, tuning yeah. up and cruising. You know, yeah. so I mean, uh, I wouldn't underestimate. It. It, it's not an underestimation of Swansea. It, it's more a, a. There are enough players in our team who have been in this situation, perhaps more than Swansea have. Who yes. has you know been behind have big, big have some of that experience? Whether they can make that tell, and as I say, I'm not in any way denigrating Swansea, but you know we have got some experience at this. We know mentally what needs to be done. Um, Swansea 
are by no means going to sit there and think the job's done. But Swansea, probably at home, their natural game would be to play a lot more football, come out and, and go for goal. The sort of 2-0, it'll be interesting to see what Laudrup does with them because he's obviously you know, a man who's been around the block more than once to see, you know, can he get them to to sort of play the right balance and be confident enough. If we got an early goal, yeah, it's it could be. But, you know, I sort of deep down haven't given up at all because of, because of the miracles we've seen in times gone by. Realistically, Swansea, I think, are probably too decent a football team to get turned over that easily. But maybe, maybe just on experience, well, the chance for them to be at Wembley, you know, all that sort of thing might just go in our favour. It's possible. I think it's um, it comes down to that that barest of football cliches about a team like where we are at the moment. It depends on which Chelsea turns up. Yeah, yeah. Really, that's what it boils down to. Yeah, I mean, uh, we are really we are really uh, exhibiting every facet of of the bipolarity that we've you know been saddled with for the last few years, and mm. this season seems exceptional, doesn't it? In that sense. Mm. Yeah. yeah, very much so. Very much so. Um, we will have a quick look on the subject of, uh, of cup competitions. Um, Brentford won, Southend won. Uh, yep. Southend, Southend just equalised. Um, right. Brentford missed a penalty as well, so it's looking um, slightly costly. There, I pre- presume we probably prefer a nice trip to Brentford, given that it's you know yeah. West London and all that. And um, but yeah, we shall see. Um, elsewhere, Stoke won, Palace nil. Um, Sunderland. Nil Palace missed a penalty earlier on. Oh, did they? Ah, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, we're going to one 0 up at, um, at Bournemouth. So, not like there's anything hugely shocking yeah. there. But on the positive side, uh, Birmingham are beating Leeds one 0 That's always good, isn't it? Uh, Bolton are two 0 up against Sunderland. Yeah. So. Are, yes. Yeah. Um, mm. Birmingham were indeed beating Leeds one 0 but they're not anymore because ah. it's one. Interestingly, interestingly, several people asked us if we were going to start being live, like some of our fellow uh, Chelsea podcasts and you know with that little bit there we were sort of almost going down the Jeff Shreves and the you know it's sort of like like when the hostage holds the newspaper up to prove (laughs) (laughs) prove what day it is this is really happening live I was was impressed with our our collective response in the sense that we all sort of collectively looked over um, over half moon glasses and went live live that's right (laughs) <laughs> it, did, it, did, it did smack of the BBC circa 1928, didn't it, really? Tell me the thing you call live. We don't, we don't have the sort of bladders that could survive. <laughs> That's what the, what the mute button's for. We exactly. Don't want, we don't want the, the dulcet sound of running water in the background. Exactly. Um, I'd have to meet. dig out my motorman's friend from the, uh, from the cellar to ensure <laughs> that I'd stay, stay at my posts throughout the whole of the <laughs> Uh, dear, either that or we'll, we'll need catheterising one or the other. Exactly. Um, so, uh, wait, I suppose one. I'll have to um, I'll have to talk to Chidge and, and find out how they do it. There's a bit of software that you can broadcast live. I don't know whether we could do it with what we're using, but yeah. we should investigate. And give well, as I said, as I said earlier on, anything more than two baked bean cans and a bit of string <laughs> is probably pushing our yeah. pushing our resources too far. Well, uh, Mark's Mark's technical, isn't he? Mark does. Does technical stuff. He could probably advise on and 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 our and of course dear leader. He's a bit of a whiz on this. And, yeah, Nick as well. Yeah, listen, we've probably got the tools. I've, I'm fired up now. Yeah. Live. Yeah. Can't why wait. not? 
We should, yeah, it'd, we be should. Like one of those, it'd be like when they do a soap live, wouldn't it? You know, Coronation Street live, and everyone goes, oh, really? <laughs> I always thought it was. There you go. <laughs> smell of fear wafting yeah, around. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yes, well, we, we'll, we'll, we'll see. You know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, yeah. we'll update you on that. Actually, on, on the subject of future traditions, for the simple reason I've forgotten this for weeks on end, um, Mr. Rick Lanville, Chelsea historian and all-round decent chap, um, sent me a copy of um, the Chelsea Miscellany. And we're going to do a competition for someone to win it. Oh, um, so it's 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 a fine little book um, filled with all sorts of extraordinarily useful facts that you can uh, dazzle your Chelsea supporters. Oh, excellent! Um, you know, and all right. I wanted to give it away for Christmas. Completely forgot about it, but you yeah. know. Well, um, well, well, well yeah, so you've, got a, you've got a competition to look forward to next time we yeah. get our yeah. around. Where you, can, where you can receive a well-thumbed and coffee-stained copy. Barely left the envelope. To be fair, um, <laughs> I, I, asked, I asked Rick on, on Twitter for a completely unbiased view on whether it was worth me buying it on Kindle. Um, and yes, obviously, he said that he thought the author was an all-round decent chap, so I bought it. Um, I've yet to start reading it, you know, but, uh, yeah. uh, Can I just uh, add one thing while we're on the subject of sort of miscellany and nothing to do with football? Mm. Um, The British Library directed me to a a website called www.shedworking.co.uk and they have a little feature on there, Sheds in Medieval Illuminated Manuscripts, and it's well worth a quick read, you know, you can see the sorts of sheds that uh, were illustrated by, you know, monks in medieval times, and probably that is more where we are as an organisation than at the cutting edge of live broadcasting. You're more likely to get an illuminated manuscript from us than than live broadcasting, I would have thought. If we could... could Muster somewhere in between the two. Actually, I've just googled. Yeah, you're absolutely. I, I, I've had a look. I'm on there's, that there's page. Some very fine, there's some very I'm, fine. There's some very fine sheds there. Yes, I, I'm actually looking at a very, a very contemporary, almost prisoner-like um, thing called the Cocoon One, working in a bubble. Yes, <laughs> I like so, it. Yeah. Well, listen, yes. you know, when we've got sponsorship and advertising sorted out, you know, we can treat ourselves to one of those. That'd be cracking, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, there is that other one that's going around, which is the uh, the, the, the Fifty Sheds of Grey. Um, <laughs> for those who really get off on shed porn, you know. Are you, are you, are you suggesting we have a slightly adult slot for our, our lady listener? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, um, I... <laughs> Fifty Sheds of Grey. I, I can't remember who sent it to me now, but it is literally pictures of fifty grey sheds. <laughs> Actually, it's a fantastic website. Where, I, would, never... where would we be without the internet? I tell you, I we'd, just... we'd be an awful lot busier doing useful stuff. That's what. <laughs> I seriously didn't think you could you could have so much about shed. The shed is oh, fantastic. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in because um, obviously I'll. You know, we can't sustain ourselves on football alone. No, exactly. There are other things, such as no. sheds. Right. Well, right. you know, and, and, and other out outbuildings are available. I think. Oh, of yes. course, yes, of course. Yeah. Um, just just to um, just to emphasise the uh, the live nature, um, Leeds have just gone two one up, so they've got a penalty, and yeah. El, that lovable chap El Hajjouf has just scored it. Um, Brentford two, Southend one. Okay. Really? But on an even bigger note. To, to accentuate that, 
my had I not moved to where I live now in on you know down down towards the south coast when I lived in a, an area of West London near Heathrow called Hayes but not the one in Kent in Middlesex um, the big local derby the big big local derby uh, tonight AFC Hayes one Uxbridge two now that is that. That, that's, is he going to be writing on the streets that, of Hayes? Yes, it would be. It would be yes, it would be like Plasto playing New Cross. It's just you know that kind of thing. Eh? Okay. Massive, massive game that one. Bit, bit, a bit of local colour there. Absolutely. Um, so right. on to football again. Yeah, our football, yeah. Yes, our football. Um, yeah. Stoke. Mm. Um, I think it's probably safe to say that after um, the QPR and um, Swansea results, we were uh, we were twiddling our thumbs and thinking. I'd be happy with a draw here. Yeah. Um, and, well, it's, it's it's difficult to know what to make of it. I think, you know, obviously a fantastic performance. Um, Stoke, I think, had the best chance early on. I think Kenwin, a check save from Kenwin Jones fairly early on. Um, and it kind of opened up from there. And we, we obviously got reasonably lucky with um, dear Mr. Jonathan Walters' contribution. Um who I, I, I can't recall. Is it has a player ever scored two own goals against us in a game? I'm not uh, sure. I can recall many players having scored two own goals against anybody. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's obviously happened, obviously a but fairly um, rare thing. But um, um, but even rarer than to miss the opportunity for a virtual hat trick um, by, yeah. by not converting a penalty later on. So uh, yes, indeed. I, th- I think match of the day did the um, did a kind of round up of his game, and I obviously didn't. Having not seen the game before he um, before he netted his um, his brace, he tried an overhead kick to to put the ball back into the box and did the classic smack up into his own chops. Looks slightly dazed, and you know then he obviously got the two own goals of the penalty miss. And I think it was it was clearly one of those he was just going to go home, pull the duvet over his head, and sort of sob. A lot a lot of people were very unhappy with Lampard, you know, demanding to take the penalty. Because they, they should have felt, left him too. No, they should have left him too. Yeah. He could have got yeah. the hat trick. But, there you but, go. Um, but yeah, on the uh, on, obviously on once um, once those two had gone in, things things started to open up a little bit. Um, Hazard's goal sensational, uh, absolutely sensational, and and just not for the. I mean, the way he struck it, you know, yeah. the classic sort of very little backlift, no warning, boom, keeper hardly saw it. Yeah. Um, I just wonder had Rooney done that or Van Persie um, I just think there would have been quite a bit more made of it it just seems a bit to me I don't know maybe I don't read the right newspapers or the right websites it just it was like you know, it, it, I, I it, think it, it warranted a mention not much else no I think to be perfectly fair I think the game was it's always the way if, if that had come if that had been the first goal then yes I suspect it would have been As it was it was the third goal third in the um uh, fourth, I think it was. It was the third or fourth? Yeah, I think it was the fourth. Yeah. It was the fourth. So it was the yeah. last goal. Yeah. yeah, it's you know game over by then. Yeah, I probably less of a fuss, fuss to make of it. Um, <laughs> we should know it probably could have been more actually because Begovic had a, a fantastic game against us. He saved one from Lampard, which was you know. Well, Lampard missed two sitters basically, didn't he? Yeah, he did. First yeah. half yeah. and second yeah. half, you yeah. know. The um, second half one, I was, you know, he got his, his foot in the right place and um, yeah. and kept it out, but pulled one out uh, from Bar as well, I think. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, but Begovic has done that before. 
I think you know, donned the the red underpants outside his uh, tights and, and decided to you know to, a good to keeper. Play like that. No, actually, you know, it's it's not like it's a well, rare. yeah, he's a yeah. decent keeper, and um, and yeah, and for all the um, and for all the concern about um, about the game, it, it opened up nicely for us, and um, I, don't, I don't think Stoke have conceded more than two goals there in the Premiership mm. all the time they've been in the Premiership. So and apparently, Louise and. Uh, and uh, Ivanovic did reasonably well in the air as well. You know that there wasn't, uh, well, there wasn't game, a full-on aerial assault that we couldn't cope with either. Uh, apparently, we, we sort of held them at bay that way. So, yeah, you, you can't. I mean, I, obviously, the two Walters' own goals cracked the game open. But then, you know, you'd have to say maybe the first one, Matter, would have probably done something with that had he not. Yeah, I thought he had to. Yeah. Pretty much had a tap in, I think, and mm. Walters had no choice but to attempt something. And yeah, and then the, 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 the second one, one was bizarre. Yeah, but then Lampard, Lampard would have had a, a yeah. ball on his yeah. ball on his forehead there. I'm not saying they would have gone in, but you know, it wasn't it wasn't sort of one of those passing back to the keeper into the corner of the net type things. He, yeah. Both goals were sort of under pressure situations where you know he made an, an attempt on the ball. Um, it's I sort of had a parallel existence on, on Saturday because I was in a very dark place watching quite small people take on very large, ugly, deformed people. Um, and Chelsea were doing pretty much the same thing at the same time. <laughs> I was watching The Hobbit and, uh, you know, ah, other people were up at the potteries, you know, watching a similar thing. I see. So, um, for, 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 you know, obviously as we, we do consumer advice, quick film review, worth seeing. Nah. If, if I mean, I was uh, as a young younger person, I was always a big Tolkien fan, and yeah. no, I, I haven't read The Hobbit. Is I read, I've reread The Lord of the Rings to see if it had literary quality and so on in more recent years. It, it's fine. I, they're, they're stringing it out, rambles make, on a bit. Ma- making three three uh, films of it. But then the boy's only nearly nine, and he. Three hours just went straight by for him. He didn't; his mind didn't wander at all. So, mm. you know, on that basis, it's for for the younger, probably boys rather than girls, there's plenty to plenty of hacking and cutting up and stabbing and shouting and yelling and you know, all that sort of thing. How appropriate on a go- on a day that we played Stoke? Um, yes, yes. Excellent. Um, a film review for you there. Don't say we'd ever give you anything other than football and meaningless. <laughs> Um, so yeah, four nil. Um, Frank's Frank's penalty was obviously um, a record breaker. It, it stuck him second in the all-time scoring chart. Nine to go. Yeah. Um, we obviously hope dearly that he does it before the end of the season because it would be. Um, I got the impression from reading around from various people, not necessarily the press itself, but from Chelsea fans that you know Bar kept um, Hooth and Shaw, Shawcross occupied. You know, he may not yeah. have scored himself, but he 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 posed a physical threat, and and you know, the ball over the top was always on that type of thing. And I noticed that Lampard was spraying those sort of longer balls, not aimless. He was, balls, he was but, kind of looking for which it. he did in the Drogba days when, mm. and I don't mean just knocking it up to the big man. I mean, you know, sort of looking down the channels into spaces where a man would, would run the centre backs and so on, which you know is perhaps an option that we haven't had um, or, or that they haven't used so much with Torres because he, he doesn't 
play that type of game well enough at the moment. So. But but looking at Lukaku, he does do that for for West Brom at the moment. So it's um, yeah, I think um, Bar certainly sort of kept um, kept their defence occupied in a way that um, obviously he who. Um, I don't think I'm going to bother naming them anymore because every time you mention the bastard's name, <laughs> we'll go off on one for the next ten minutes. So you shall not be named. Um, so yeah, three points. Um, both Manchester clubs won. We're we're kind of still lurking around there. We've got a game in hand on City, and we're what seven points behind. Yeah. So when that, we've got to play them. We've got to play Spurs. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I don't, we're not winning the thing, but I think we've, we've still got um, uh, no, I, I, and I possibly right. a decent shout on second, maybe. Yeah. If not, then hopefully third. I've got to be honest, I can't see anybody catching Manchester United now. Um, well, they, they would have to have a, 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 a you know, a, more than a Devon Lock moment, I think, um, to, to trip up on the way they're playing. I mean, you know, they, they, they normally pick up post-Christmas, I mean, Fuck me, that that really is serious yeah, that's, that's if they do for me. Because at the moment, Van Persie, I mean, that would be the only issue I can see for United is if Van Persie gets into. Because at the moment, well, that um, would be the issue. I mean, he, the thing is, uh, it's one of those things where you know you looked at it when they signed him. We're going off a slight tangent, but it, yeah. it's sort of relevant. But when when they when they signed him from Arsenal, you looked at it and thought, you know, this is one hell of a big punt, you know, apart last season was the first season he'd played regularly, I think prior to that, um, it is his career at Arsenal, I think the most he'd ever managed was 13 or 14 games on the bounce, which, uh, you know, his injury problems are well documented, but it's just one of those things, all of a sudden, last season, his injury problems pretty much petered out and he played you know, virtually the whole season for them, and you know, was by far and away their best player. Um, and it's just carried on. And you know, if he's if he's left his his dodgy knees, ankles, hamstrings, or whatever it was that used to cause him all the problems behind, then you know, you've obviously well, as United have got one hell of a player on your hands. But yeah, if if something goes wrong, then you know, obviously there's still a reasonably decent um, selection of forwards to choose from. But um, you know, he's the one that's making all the running and. As, as Mancini has, has already said, you know that that could well be the difference between um, between winning the title and, and losing it. And, yeah, um, yeah. A very smart move again by Fergie. But yeah. um, the, the interesting thing is, uh, while, we're, while we're on this subject, is what's really killing us is is our home form. United have won ten games at home and lost one. We've only lost one game more than them at home, but we've drawn three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've we've uh, drawn one more game away, and that's all. Our away form is very similar to United's. Yeah. And um, well, if we draw, we drawn three at home. You've you've dropped six points right yeah. there. And in terms of conceding goals, we've only conceded nineteen goals compared to their twenty nine. Mm. You know, they obviously they've scored fifty six, but yeah, you know, they're, they're putting more away. It, I don't know. There has to be a year where the famed post-Christmas surge falls away. You just, mm. you, know, you know, nothing but sad, illogical hope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, leaves you thinking, you know, maybe maybe this year they, you know, put the wrong glucose in the wrong porridge and it all goes a bit astray. We'll see. No, quite, quite. Um, so we will, um, it's, it's, a, it's a brief look at... Um, 
look at Stoke, which um, yeah, a, a very very fine result. It's it's not often the teams go up there and a win and b win by such a um, such a convincing margin. So and two, you hear the po- sorry three, you hear the post match interview with Tony Pulis, and he's got absolutely yeah, yeah, nothing he, to whinge about. He no, could, um, he couldn't um, find a roof nothing. complaint there, could he? Um, absolutely. We um. So we, we look ahead to tomorrow night and uh, the rearranged game against Southampton. Um, inter- it'll be an interesting game, this. They're, um, no, it won't, John. Don't even pretend. Am I guilty of a, a Sky-style talking it up? A cracker awaits at the bridge tomorrow. Yeah. No, it doesn't. I, I have been to uh, Fulham. I have been to QPR. I have been to Swansea. What links all those three games together? <laughs> well, um, we, you, as you pointed out on the blog, um, are you, can I just ask this, in, you know, without prejudice, um, are you going tomorrow night? I have a ticket. Now, <laughs> I, I, I well, leave it. Well, well done, there's a job for you leading a Tory party, I think, with an answer like that. Well, any political party, to be honest. <laughs> I, I leave it to the, uh, to the you know, 20 or 30 people who listen to podcasts, by all means, have a whip round and offer me large sums of money not to go. Uh, but other than that, I may well be there. I wonder whether we're into a, into a, a spiral here, you know, where, you know, we, it's almost a, it's a catch-22. We're not, we, we don't expect to win at home, therefore we won't win at home. And, and we're just building this in. And, you know, it's into the team now. Um, but, but part of me wants to believe that tomorrow night they're just going to go out and go, fuck this, we beat this lot 5-1 the other week at their ground. We're going to cane them. Um, mm. uh, but yeah, I wonder how much as a team, um, as a, in terms, you know, the collective group, Backbench staff, Rafa Benitez, and, and the players are actually affected by that, or whether they actually do genuinely treat each game as it comes and go out there and think, you know what, we're going to win this game, because you know he's been guilty in the past, isn't he, Rafa, of you know, you know, uh, tinkering with the team for different games or whatever. And and I I actually think there's a lot of common sense in that. You know, it is about resting players. If you've got the strength in depth in the squad, you should be able to do that and 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 quite comfortably take the lower teams. You know, you might not you might not win six nil. You might just you know scrape a one nil or a two nil or whatever. But you should still beat them. So he you know he, he's up there again, almost damned from the start. No matter what happens tomorrow night, and even if he wins, even if we win and he swaps the team around, there'll still be a, a crowd of people saying, well, you know, we should beat these 6-0, we should beat them 8-0, or, or whatever. Well, but I, think, I, don't, I don't think that's, that's so much a, a Benitez thing. I think that's, it's just, that's just yeah. the way we are. You know, no one's ever happy. And yeah, if we beat relegation strugglers 2-0, everyone always jumps up and down. Well, people will always jump up and down and say, oh, God, we should have tonked four past them, or whatever it happens yeah. to be. Um, I think it's probably safe to say, having a quick look at the... Um, Viagogo ticket touting website uh, sorry ticket exchange um, <laughs> there are there are currently 34 pages of tickets for sale for tomorrow night so um, I think it's reasonably safe to say it's not um, it's not a big box office cracker um, and so it's reasonably uh, safe to say no one's going to come up with the cash to stop me going I, 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 sus- I suspect that unless you sandwich the ticket between a couple of 20 quid notes you're, you're unlikely to sell it let's, let's, let's look at it that way 
Um, I, I don't know. I, obviously, you, you just keep going and you keep believing and you keep hoping. And of course, again, I, I we don't want to rehearse the whole thing, but it, with the team we've got, if they if they've got uh, a, a pin, a a a, a what am I trying to say? At the apex of the team, if there is enough to worry the central defenders to put doubt in their minds as to whether to push up, to sit back, to go for the ball, to stand up, when you've got that going on, we can break a team down. Yeah, and with, with, with your no, I think that's, that's what every Chelsea fan is thinking. Mm. Yeah. You know, can we put enough doubt and worry in their minds early on and get, get a goal and then build on it? We shall see. Yeah. It's um, actually just very briefly a couple of four times. Brentford 2, Southend 1. So we're off to Brentford for um, round four of the cup, which should be quite entertaining. I've... A ground with four pubs. One at every corner. Oh, excellent. I believe. Uh, although, you know, judging by last week where I got everything wrong. <laughs> it's probably, it was, probably not was up with it. It was more dope than you'll hear about on Oprah. But, you know, uh, <laughs> um, me myself being a dope. Uh, yeah, I, I believe there's a pub at each corner. Our, our first trip to Brentford for 63 years, according to Dan Levine on, uh, yeah, on Twitter. Which, is, which, uh, which the Taylor Report, you know, that was a sad omission from the Taylor Report when they demanded, or he said, you know, there should be new stadium and they should be all seated, blah, blah, blah. You know, someone obviously took out the paragraph said, that said, and there should be a pub at each corner, because that's how the stadium should be built now. <laughs> I think it's relatively important. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's the FA Cup. Um, where were we? What, what was I rambling shite about before we um, went off on that particular tangent? Southampton. Um, yeah. they've, um, they've just... just Heaved themselves clear of the um, the relegation zone, having beaten Villa at the weekend with a, a fairly dodgy penalty. It has to be said. Um, just having had a kind of a look back over their um, over their results, they, they're winning their six pointers. Um, they've beaten Villa twice, QPR, Reading, and Newcastle. Um, so that's you know that's kind of where their points seem to be be coming from. Um, so you would sort of hope we're um, in with a reasonable shout tomorrow night, but. Mm. Although until, until the game started to get away from them in the cup, and bearing in mind they were playing without one or two of their key players, there was Lambert not playing. Was it Lambert? Well, Lambert? I can't remember to be honest. Um, you know they they put together some decent moves. You know they they're not. I think like a lot of the teams these days, most of them are not without some sort of merit. But then saying that they were at home, uh, they may come with a different viewpoint away from home. We shall see. Yeah, no, it remains, mm. remains to be seen. But um, So that's tomorrow night. Um, on Sunday at some ridiculously early hour, um, one thirty or something, we've got yes, Arsenal. Yes, it is one thirty At the bridge. Um, Arsenal start for me. Yes, I was going to say, okay. you're going to be up. Well, yeah. that said, you know, if, if, um, if the amateur meteorologist of your acquaintance is right, we're yes. about eight feet of snow by um Absolutely. So for those who, 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 who don't follow me, Move your gear, get your arson gear, follow Grocer Jack UK because I've put a picture up on Twitter tonight um, from a good friend of mine who pays money to belong to this weather forum. He's that geeky. And uh, the forecast for Friday is grim. A, lot, a whole lot of snow. A whole lot of it, indeed. Can I, can I just back, backtrack briefly? Um, <laughs> uh, 
Go I was ahead. thinking it's probably a question for Chelsea stats or the inestimable Mr. Glanville. Have Chelsea ever played all three other West London clubs in a season? Oh, yes, that yeah, is a good question. Yeah, I think that Rick would, would probably know that one. Surely, mm. you know what? That I should be in the mis- miscellany, shouldn't it? I think. I, 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 I have well, we can't possibly open the sealed envelope. No, exactly, no, exactly. No, 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 no quite right. No. Um, I would, Sorry, um, carry on. I, I, I may even try and tweet Mr. Glanville now, see if um, yeah. see if he, he's aware. So, but just um, before you move on to the Arsenal one, uh, just backtracking also very slightly, um, there are four pubs, uh, one at each corner of Griffin Park, uh, the Royal Oak, which is a local's pub, the Griffin, the Princess Royal, and the New Inn. And the New Inn is favoured, it's a favoured pub for away supporters. However, the best real ale pub in Brentford is called the Magpie and Crown which is about five minutes away from the ground. So if you've got any taste in beer, that's probably where you want to head. All right. So we're just up the road from um, the Fuller's Brewery, isn't it? It is. And, and yes, and the, uh, the, the site I'm looking at here says that, um, that it's well known as being one of the most friendly and welcoming sets of fans and ground in the country. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it? There are one or two famous Brentford fans, but I'm struggling now to remember who they are. Um <laughs> My well-known shocking memory. No, but there are one or two. You know, like you've got Bob Mills is a uh, late Orient fan. Um, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that sort of thing. People who, you know, sort of stayed with the team. By the way, can I just... This is, again, is completely irrelevant, and people are going to be switching off this podcast in their millions. <laughs> here is an interesting fact. Bob Mills. Okay? Yep. Bob Mills uncle was drafted by the Montreal Canadiens in the 1970s. He was, I think, number three or four draft pick for the Montreal Canadiens back in the 1970s. He was then traded um, at the same time as one of uh, their famous uh, defensemen, uh, was it defenseman winger? Havlovich, I think, and went on to play for um, was it Phil, uh, Was it the Penguins? He played for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, there's something that, you know, probably only Bob Mills and his uncle and his immediate family know. But I pass that on for you. And our listener as well. And who has absolutely <laughs> no interest in one late Norian, two yeah. Bob Mills, three should, ice hockey. I, I, we should I, remind I, this is still being recorded live. Um, yeah. I'd, like, I'd like to just... Jump in! I know we're going to go on to the, the FFP stuff and, and Arsenal etc. in a minute. Um, I think so, we've done Arsenal. I don't, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Our test yeah. is out. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and we hate them. Um, and how much? How much? Uh, how much are they paying for their away ticket at the at the bridge? That's a very good question. Yeah. Although the bridge is relatively expensive, but yes, it is, but I don't think it's expensive. I think. So I just want to list some famous Brentford fans, if I can. Well, I've got I've got the, the Wikipedia page up here. Yes, so have I. And, and a brief get... glance suggests that some of this may be bollocks. <laughs> yeah. So Hollywood Hollywood actor Jim Carrey, um, Hollywood actress Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Fuck now, off. I do be I think, serious. I, would I, you? I do think there's probably a bit more truth in ex EastEnders actor Dean Gaffney. I do think. That. <laughs> Oh, that's a bit more realistic. Yeah, Cameron yeah. Diaz and Jim Carrey. Do me a favour. Someone's been on Wikipedia, my ass. Pete- you know, back back when they were very young, they may well have had uh, in in their linen cupboards and Brentford nylons. 
nylon sheets, and, and that's given them their curiosity about Brentford, and possibly on their only trip to London. Yeah. Go, I need to go to Brentford and see where they've yeah. got all these fantastic sheets. <laughs> you should go and have a look at it, because it's such... It's, it's, well, the it's thing is, the more, real, the more realistic yeah. end that we're prepared to believe, ex-EastEnders ex East actor Dean Gaffney, <laughs> Gaffney yeah. status quo bassist John Rhino, Rhino Edwards. Edwards. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, it's... The Who guitarist Pete Townsend is quite feasible, I think, because it's, it's um, he lives in his neck of the woods, isn't it? Yeah, so, um, absolutely. Yeah. But, but uh, uh, yes, I, we, we leave... Coffee with actor Jim Carrey's just... We, we, we leave. Oh, it's such a good game, I would expect that they'll fly over. They'll be, they'll be here, there, won't they? Yeah. They'll be there. I'll tell you what, there'll be a fucking great big slice of humble pie being delivered to us three <laughs> if they are... <laughs> ITV coverage now and uh, Hollywood actor Jim Carrey there in the uh, director's <laughs> book oh bloody hell uh, dear anyway look we're, we're drifting off on yeah, a tangent here we're yes. playing Brentford in the FA Cup yes weekend of the 26th and 20th I think we're on the, we're Sunday lunchtime aren't we for that game yes we are because so we're, we're, we're on we're we're on, at the time. on telly and all yeah. that um, Rick Glanville has just replied um, he's, 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 he looked into this a while ago and he's going to have a dig about the um all three West London clubs in um, in the same season, so um, we await a reply. Yes. Um, so yeah, Arsenal, we play them on Sunday. Mikel Arteta's out, which um, Arsene Wenger believes is um, is causing him some grief. Um, their defence is always well, it has in recent months been relatively creaky, and um, Koscielny's out now as well. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed. We shall see what happens. Yeah. Um, we will move on briefly to um, slightly more serious matters. Um, in re- in the last couple of days, there's been been some reasonably decent articles in the um, in the press. First, Martin Samuel wrote an article um, in the Daily Mail on the thirteenth of January, fourteenth, thirteenth, fourteenth of January, a couple of days ago, um, about the financial fair play and um, a fairly underhand move by. Um, Arsenal, United, Liverpool and Spurs to, um, to, to well, as far as we can see, sort of hamstring the competition into... Um, a carve-up. Tied up, yeah, basically being a bit of a carve-up. Um, and there's also a kind of a less well-publicised article um, by Will Hutton, um, which a, a lot of people won't agree about because it, it is a bit of a dig at the Premier League per se. Um, but it's... Called the beautiful game embodies everything that's bad about Britain, and that was published on Sunday. Um, I will, although I've promised in the past to send stuff to Nick and get him to put them on the site. I will do that because it's it's an article well worth reading. Um, Tony, I think you've read both of them. Do you want do you want to just kick us off your thoughts on both articles? We'll keep this fairly broad because I don't want to go into all the no. wise wherefores of you know how financial fair play works, but so just a general sort of you know. It's, it's probably important that it, the order in which I read them, and and so from the email links that you sent, I read the Will Hutton one first, um, and I, I've I've put a link up to it. I've tweeted it because I thought it was so worthy an article. It was so well written, um, and the arguments in there were very cogent. And and I sat there actually nodding my head and saying, Do you know what, this bloke's nailed it properly with the whole aspect, the whole concept of rent seeking, and um, you know a. a a general view that you know people are being parachuted in they're, they're stripping assets it doesn't matter what they do um, but you know they're buying competitions etc quite a scathing article really um, and then analogising that and, and comparing it directly to to the state of Britain 
um, you know, with, with industry and, and, and commerce and everything in general and the whole kind of right to the very rotten core of having sold everything that we really had and, and allowing foreign investment to come in and, and rape and pillage it even further. I then read Martin Samuel's article, and which in some ways on a first reading would make you think, hold on a minute, um, it's the complete you opposite see, of the Hutton one. Exactly, you kind of contradict yourself. <laughs> Yeah, in both and, ways, but yeah, it's uh, and without having you know done a, done by sort of going reverting back to an open university, you know, thorough read, 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 and pick out the the kind of unwitting testimony in in, in either of them. It, the, what struck me fairly early after that initial shit, he's just contradicted what Will Hutton said, and I agree with him. He hasn't actually contradicted it. Um, what Will Hutton's is uh, is is a more sweeping statement and saying you know if you look at Premier League football it sums up everything that's bad and, and going wrong in, in, in the UK Martin Samuels one um, was, is, is effectively saying you know what you do when you get your rich owner in is you, you build a dream Okay, he he uses Blackburn Rovers as the, as the the the, the kick off point for this and saying actually one of the most remarkable things was Blackburn Rovers winning the Premiership Okay, a team that had almost perennially, for my lifetime, been you know in the old fir- uh, in the old second or third division. You know, you never really featured them. The only thing I ever knew about them was they had the you know the the, the square four square kit, if you like. And um, when you read Martin Samuel's one, he then goes into an absolutely scathing, uh, in you know, uh, 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 dig at Liverpool, Arsenal, Manchester United, and Tottenham because he's saying. That the reason they have written this whole thing on Arsenal-headed notepaper um, to the to the Premier League, and that's that's quite shocking in itself, I think, um, is basically if they get what they want, then the likes of Manchester City, the likes of us, the likes of any other club in the league, not just the Premier League, any club below us, would never be able to achieve what we've achieved. It would all come down to the, the, the blind science of, you know, revenue uh, from gate receipts, etc., etc. Okay, and it, it, when you, you have to read the article for the subtleties of what he's saying, which is, effectively, you would lock out everybody else and it would be come down to them. And he's even more scathing. Um, he's pretty scathing about David Gill. Gill? David Gill? I don't know how you pronounce that, that surname. David or whatever. Gill, yeah. David Gill. Um, and his own sort of agenda and the kind of committees that he's managed to wheedle himself on, despite the fact that he's got a very big interest in Manchester United. But he's even more scathing of Ivan Gazidis, who's the CEO of Arsenal. And the whole thing comes to the conclusion that actually what you've done is Arsenal have already given up on ever catching Manchester United. Um, but what they would do with this if they got their way, is cement a very respectable second place kind of culture in their club. They would be profitable, they would be seen to be fair and classy, and well, they wouldn't win anything, as we know they haven't done for seven years. And if you look at what that Martin Samuel is saying, that's, that chimes exactly with Wenger's you know, fourth well, it's exactly the way he's been going exactly. on for, for quite a while now. Yeah. You know, fourth yeah. trophy, so, qualifying for the Champions yeah. League is as good as a cup. Yeah. All so of I think these, what, you know, proclamations. Yeah. Um, for me, Martin Samuel, so, 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 I think the interesting made thing the point, about though, the, the Samuel article is that when financial fair play, uh, and, uh, you know, I will admit now I don't know the ins and outs and the nuts and bolts of it. 
But one, one of the one of the things the outs and the nuts and bolts are probably more complex than mm. than yeah. is than is explainable yeah. on on one yeah. podcast with, with yeah. and and probably deliberately so a bit like yeah. the PFI so that it can be applied you know as and when it needs to be applied and one of the early criticisms in theory it all sounds absolutely right that um, clubs should should uh, work within their means and. Um, you know, there should be some sort of level playing field where, where everyone has a chance to win and financial fair play will deliver that. And one of the, you know, the first criticisms of it was that unwittingly or no, that's not what would happen. What it would actually do yeah, it, it, is, it, it, is it, freeze it, the current situation, not the situation that was 30 years ago where maybe Villa or 40, you know, Forest and people like this were, were getting up and, and, and competing and so on and so forth against the big boys like Real Madrid and Barcelona and so on. It would freeze. <clears throat> what we have now, it's almost like it would take a picture of that and that's how it would stay because the way the rules would work would ensure that the clubs that have the money, the crowds and the marketing now would stay that way. And, you know, that, that was a, a reasonable criticism of it. Well, what, the, what the Samuel article does yeah. is, is actually show that not only is that an unwitting um, result of this, but the big clubs, much as they did when the Premier League started, much as they did when the Champions League started, are actually actively working to ensure that that is exactly what happens, you know, and, and yes. that this is not... To uh, the, uh, a dream to make football fair. It is yet another thing cooked up to try and maintain the status quo as exactly. the big clubs want it. And he makes a very good point, Martin Samuel, in there that uh, under these proposals, right, that, that that the four clubs have come out with, it wouldn't stop Venkies buying Blackburn Rovers and doing what they've done, but no. it would stop Jack Walker. It would have stopped Jack Walker, and he's making that it point. Stopped, there, that sorry, actually, it would stop. Yeah, uh, and it, but he's saying you know, that it, it, it costs approximately five hundred million pounds to six hundred million pounds to bridge the gap between yes. an ordinary Premier League club and the position that Man United and Arsenal had at the turn of the century. Because the reason you can say that with some confidence yeah. is that's what it cost us to win yeah. the league. That's what it cost Man City to be competitive to win the league. Yeah. There, there is that amount that you have to bridge in order to be up there because the financial muscle that some clubs have accumulated over the years and their, you know, their crowds and, and so on is enormous. Yes. And you think, I mean, there's, that's the thing. There's, there's any number of ways to look at this. I, you know, I, I personally, you know, obviously it was us that, that demonstrated it in the, in the, the first instance. But, you know, when City won the title last year, and you know, I, I was at the, the cup final where they won the, the cup the year before. Their fans were—they were—they were absolutely over the moon. And, you know, I would—I can't be—you know—it it would be very churlish for a Chelsea fan to begrudge any yes. club that you know basically hits the lottery jackpot and gets a, a rich owner who spends an absolute fortune and then wins trophy. It'd be churlish for us, but I don't begrudge anyone doing that. You know, even you know, God forbid, if someone turns up and does that for, for Spurs, you know, yeah. you win the lottery. You know, as a football club. 
you know, we, we I think we probably forget what it was like. You know, like you mentioned at the turn of the century, we all sat and watched Arsenal, and you know, you know, Blackburn was obviously the exception. But for for a decade or more, we'd sat and watched Arsenal and United carve the title up be, between them and and be very happy. And you know, the rest of us sat there. You know, if we got a cup run or we got a, a little sniff at, you know, a, a Champions League place when they extended it to third and fourth or whatever. And you know, we were happy with that. And but you know, the, then the money comes along, and it's fairy tale stuff. You know, I appreciate that. You know, it's not rational and it's not logical. And you know, is it good for the game? Well, you know, it's it's certainly changed football. You know, we've won the title, City have won the title. You know, for that sense, it's opened up football far yes. more in this country. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, I do. before I... before Abramovich turned up, we had an Arsenal, Manchester United, duopoly. Exactly. Okay, it was no different to what you got in Scotland, um, and arguably no different to what you got in Spain, and possibly even at the time Italy. I, I really do think that uh, you know from the mo- the big interesting thing was that um, from Samuel's article was certainly that ne- the the proposals that are put in have got absolutely no bearing on the personal or suit- you know the suitability of those owners to take take the ownership. There's nothing in there about that. This is all about, as you said, Donal, maintaining a status quo and stopping, if you like, a team like, you know, I don't know, say Southampton, for example, who get re-bought. You know, they've got a big city. They've got a big catchment area. Portsmouth are on their arse. And, you know, they, they can pick up all that support or whatever. And they win that lottery, if you like. They would be prevented. And, and it would effectively prevent a club like Southampton who are, you know, maybe could fill a 35,000 seater, I don't know what um, what St Mary's is at the moment, okay, um, but they would never be able to generate or use those funds to compete in the marketplace for the same players that Man United want. And that, that's what it's all about. And I, 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 mean, I, I, do, I do have some sympathy with, with, with the view that, you know, that this sort of lottery thing whereby someone comes and splurges two, three, four hundred million you know, and buys every decent player there is around and packs them all into a team and leaves half of them on the bench. You know, that sort of thing. You know, if it happens too much, probably isn't good for football. Um, and I think this is where the, the Samuel article and the Hutton thing come together. Will Hutton's point is, is about rent-seeking. And what he's really saying is that, as has happened with... Uh, and again, this probably tips over into your political colour and, and how you view the world but he, the point he's trying to make is that where you have um, assets that have been built up and created and paid for by you know people over time um, you're now getting a situation where someone comes in and from abroad with uh, not through a UK company or anything but just can buy a club and basically strip the assets out of it and I think that there has to be a distinction made between people who come in to buy a football club because they want to be in football, because they like football, because you know they have some sort of passion for it, but also have money, um, and people who are coming in because as the television money keeps increasing, they can see a way of of making money by basically stripping the assets out of a football club. Uh, you know, people have made the point that you can actually make quite a lot of money if you're clever by buying a premiership club and taking them down to the championship because these parachute payments, mm. you know, can, can give you well, can cream off quite a lot of money if Tony, you're clever Tony, about how you do it. Tony has a story which I'm not entirely sure we should repeat on here. No, I won't repeat um, on it. But, it, but yeah, you know, that's, um, it's, I, I think... Um, you, you know, know the, the bigger concern, I think... Elsewhere. 
I think the bigger concern, um, rather than perhaps big money coming in and buying football clubs, is, is the corporate governance and, and is the fitness for, for ownership. I personally no, think absolutely. they should be going down the road of certainly enforcing that uh, it should be a UK company. Okay, the money may come from abroad, but the company should be UK registered and subject to UK law. And I think that they should you should actually have to put up some sort of financial bond with the Premier League or, or you know, some sort of escrow account, a large amount of money, you know, that has to be cash, that, that, that is your cash that you put up as a bond that is taken off you to try and, uh, you know, to try and create a situation whereby if someone does play fast and loose with a football club, there is some money there that can go back into that club so that people like, you know, Portsmouth and some of these other clubs aren't left stripped bare. Um, but, this, and, and, but, this is, but this is the problem, you know, Donald. And, and they should be looking at people who, who pay cash money for football clubs and not... I mean, you know, many, no, many, as successful this, as they are, they're just a massive leverage buyout. Yeah, but this is, this is, this is exactly the problem. This is partly, you know, I'm, I'm simplifying the argument to a degree here, but this is exactly the problem that arose all the way back when... Was it, who was it that floated first? Was it Spurs? I think it possibly was, yeah. Chelsea weren't long after. Yeah, but. Spurs, United, you know, this is what happened. You know, when, when football clubs would, would start to be, to be treated like normal businesses, you could do that. You know, vir- virtually every business, mm. large business in my industry bar one or two, the vast majority of them are leveraged to absolute buggery. And, and that's simply the way you buy businesses now. You know, you don't mm. use your own money. You use some. You use someone else's. And, you know, it, it's oh, kind of this fictitious sort of paper transaction that puts well, it on. But didn't the Glazers do exactly, exactly that? Yes, They've laid and Manchester United with eight, 800 or million pounds worth of debt. And, but I think uh, you know, know, the argument is, is that, well, you know, if United had dropped away and, you know, arguably, yes, is there the money for them to spend in the transfer market anymore? Yeah, well, they can, they can splash out on a Van Persie, but, you know, realistically, are they going to be in the market for your, your next 50 million pound striker? Probably not. But, you know, all the while they've got the, the stability of Ferguson in charge and, and things are ticking over and they're covering the interest payments and, they're, you know, they're winning titles. The argument is, well, you know, is it actually such a bad thing? Well, yeah, on paper it is. Um, but, I mean, this, this brings to mind the whole G14 thing from, yeah. from way back. You know, obviously that, that's no longer in existence. But, you know, that, that was very, you know, the Champions League was manipulated to within an inch of its life to, to serve the interests of, of 14 clubs. Um, I, can't, I can't remember the stats, but I think when, after the Champions League came into existence in, what, 92, 93, was it? Mm. I think there was, what, maybe, I think the Porto-Monaco final, I think Monaco were the only team who weren't a member of the G14. I think all of the, re- the rest of the finals since then up until they were disbanded, included a G14 club because it was Barcelona, Real, Juve, Inter, AC Milan, Bayern, Liverpool, United, you know, all, all the usual suspects. And I think Arsenal and a couple of others came in later. Um, and it was all, you know, it's all about a leveraging position. And, you know, the aim of, of this would be quite, of this proposal that um, Arsenal, Spurs, United and Liverpool have put forward it's quite transparent, but what I wonder is what's behind it, you know, when, mm. when this... I mean, I mean we should say, John, that, no, that, absolutely what, not. what Martin Samuel is saying is in the letter, 
I mean, he also is having a dig at this Belgian guy who's meant to be overseeing the financial wow. fair play, and he, he was yeah. overseeing a Belgian bank that, you know, has basically nearly sunk the whole of Europe. But, but putting that to one side, I, I think what he's also hinting at, and, and, you know, again, as I say, I don't know the detail of financial fair play, but looking at the way the Premier League or the, 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 the Football League have treated clubs who break financial rules... That there is one rule for the rich and one for the poor. And you can be fairly sure that the first season financial fair play comes right into to play. There'll be some small Spanish club, a Dutch club, someone like that, a name that we know, but they're not big or powerful, who will be absolutely hammered over financial. You know, they will pick someone medium yeah. size and absolutely came the bastards while they're sitting looking at probably Real Madrid or a couple of other teams who who have just blown the whole thing apart. But there will be ways of interpreting this, there will be dealing, and it's all about are you on enough committees, are you in the right place to, to, to have your case sorted it's out. Yeah. I mean, I, I, as, as Chelsea fans, we're between a rock and a hard place. We have benefited enormously from a vast injection of wealth and cash um, and, and so on from, from, from Abramovich. And to, stay, to say that yes, you know, it should be much more level playing field. You shouldn't be able to do that because it distorts football far too much. You can't have, and I think there is a case for saying you, you can't have just, you know, a public limited companies that can be bought and sold in five minutes all over the world if you're going to try and have a proper sporting contest. But if we then say, well, we want the drawbridge up, you know, we're, we're then sort of denying, like you say, the Southamptons or anyone else of this world, a similar opportunity. I think that they, I think that there is a the Premier League could certainly be doing more about, as I say, maybe bond, maybe well, like banks. You have to have a certain amount of capital, you know, in, yeah, in proper assets. I'm sure there are ways and means of, of administering this so that it, because you can't go down the American model because you're not a closed market, you're not a closed franchise system. But there are ways probably of... But you know, there's ways that they could do it. Don't they, they split merchandise revenue in, um, in the NFL, don't they? If, if, yeah, if merchandise is sold outside of your... Yes, they or do, state yeah. it's the, the revenue split between the you know however many clubs there are or teams. But, but in reality, the, the Premier League is much more likely to go the other way. In that you know, as you can see from the way um, Gill and, and Gazzini's and are, are manoeuvring, they want to go the other way and probably want to almost you'll see some sort of breakaway that wants to negotiate an elite level of, of television coverage, and the rest can you know be broadcast on. Well, this is, um, you know, my, 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 um, yeah, I mean, my, you know, my business is television, and if you, if you talk to any any lawyer, any partner in a, in a law firm worth its salt that, that deals in media, you know, any number of them are of the opinion that the reason that the money started pouring into the game after Abramovich and you know the Man Cities of this world, the you know Randy Learners, the Glazers, people like that, um, was yes, there's a degree of of the, of the trading to be had where you know you can, you can sell, you can develop your players and sell them at a vast profit. But I've spoken to any number of lawyers who said, well, it's it's about the you know it's the on-demand market. It's when when television rights fragment. Yeah. And you know you have X million people around the world who who will pay you know five ninety nine 
per game to sit and watch you know United Arsenal uh, well whatever whatever time they, they deem to play it now it, it, it's probably it's it's A probably a long way off and B probably won't happen but you know, you wouldn't be if 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 the mindset of of the owners is simply, you know, we want to make as much money out of this as possible, and you know, we're not particularly interested in the competition. It's just about carving the revenue up in a in a in a way that suits us. You know, would you really put it past them to to walk away and, and set up their own thing? And you know, well, now we've got our own TV channel, and the rest of you can throw. Well, it I out. think I think that's Will Hutton's point is that as a as a as a nation, um, it, it's uh, this is, you know, like any um, overview, it, it's probably really bollocks. But in, in some ways, we have gradually moved as a nation from a sort of collective view of how we operate to a much more, you know, individ- individualistic and, um, you know, every man for himself type of view of, of how business should be done. Yeah. Um, we, we've opened up, as he says, we've opened up all our companies and our, our major assets to to foreign investment, which, you know, you need to get investment from somewhere. It's not the money coming in or the fact that it's, you know, uh, I'm not being xenophobic. What he's really getting at is that you, you lose any control um, because you're not insisting that these are UK-based, uh, rep- they don't have a UK-based representation other than, you know, sort of a bit of a desk somewhere up in the, in the city and a, yeah. an address, a postal address. You lose control of, of what you have, and ultimately, you know, football will go that way because the, the whole um, the whole pattern of the thing is for it to fragment uh, into, you know, to be atomized, whereby those that can't keep up fall behind, and and you, you almost end up, you know, these things are always driving towards a monopoly. Mm. You know, that, that that's how. It sort of works, you know. No company likes competition, and once you start taking something that is actually a competition and trying to take the competition out of it, it has the competition. It's it, going to be know, a fairly sorry state of affairs. Work, working the way you want it. it, it yeah. I mean, I know, think it's it's a you know just in terms of the demographics of, of football. You know, you only have to look around you at the bridge and. You know, save for the League Cup games where where the tickets get a little bit cheaper. You know, the audience is our age. It's it's forty plus. It's reasonably affluent. It's got you know generally got a history in the game. Whatever anyone says about football, you know, our support or football support in general. You know, it's people who have a, a history with the game. Um, understand the concept of, of local rivalries and you know what makes you know for most people you know aside of the glamour of the Champions League what makes Chelsea Spurs more exciting than Chelsea Real Madrid you know it, it's 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 the local thing now as as that changes and as as a new generation watches more Chelsea v Barcelona or Chelsea v Sparta Prague as the case may be on TV and on their mobile and on their iPad I think. Is there going to be more of a demand for it? Well, you have. I think you 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 have the new uh, the new methods overtake. I mean, you have HMV, don't you? 
you know, once dominant, once that was the, that was what we knew of a, of a generation that will be people, you know, out there, you know, Paul Gambaccini uh, perennially wheeled out at the death of anyone, um, wheeled out this morning on Five Live over HMV because we don't buy CDs anymore, we don't browse for things anymore. We do browse, we browse the internet because we don't have to get off our ass and leave the house. Mm. Um, and I think, I think, I think, as you see football, as you see uh, that. The, as, as it becomes more and more product, yeah, or productized for to use that horrendous phrase or whatever, you know, you're going to have apps, you're going to have online, you're going to have various different ways of, of watching it without having to go there. They'll find a way yeah. of, of generating the atmosphere. Sky do it now with their endless hype of Super Sunday, Judgment Day, whatever tomorrow night, Wild Wednesday, or whatever they're going to call tomorrow night for Chelsea <laughs> versus... Wednesday. Yeah, for Chelsea versus... It's not, it's not what Mrs. But, Lover's promised tomorrow night. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. But, um, I'll be too happy with the time I get in. But uh, anyway, let's forget about that. But what I'm saying is... is <laughs> as it, as it you we'll draw the veil over there. Yeah, yeah. I'll throw you off your stroke, so to <laughs> Absolutely. Oh dear, oh dear. Anyway, the point I was trying to make was that no, um, you're right. At the consumer market, the the market that consumes football or any major sporting event, you know, this was the first Twitter Olympics, the first online Olympics, or whatever. And, and the generations that, that, that succeed us aren't going to, you know, because there are more people watch football now. More people watch live football now than have ever watched it because they watch it via the TV. You know, I grew up in the, mm. the 60s and 70s. Live football was the FA Cup final. Yeah, pretty much was that, one was game and that was it. Yeah, and or, or England games maybe, and and that's gonna that's gonna change. So that idea that um, you, you will end up with more Chelsea Barcelona, that Euro Super League, where you know suddenly you know Stamford Bridge is, is a place where forty thousand people go, but ten million watch it live across Europe and generate the yeah. revenue through TV and all that. That's the way it's going to go, and and so in one way that almost renders the Arsenal, uh, Man United, Liverpool, Spurs carve up idea irrelevant. Because already they're trying to protect the model in the same way that HMV execs probably thought. You know, I think it's famous now that um, they, they yeah, someone went in there two years ago and said, Dude, "These are your three biggest threats: online downloads, and uh, I can't remember what the other one was, or whatever. Yeah, streaming or whatever." And the, and the chief exec said, "Bollocks! I've never heard so much rubbish in my life." Two years later, well, I, th- I think the issue. It, this is the HMV. It's the sort of analogy to be had there, but. Did anyone hear Scudamore on, on Radio 4 earlier well, on this, the interview with him? He seemed quite happy with the model. He seemed yeah, happy, and, and he, he made the point that he thought that the crowds were not, the average age was not as high as people thought, and that there were plenty of young people there and so on and so forth. It was an interesting interview, mainly because he batted away anything that was in any way controversial. But yeah, uh, I don't mean he that. seemed very happy with what he called the model. They kept talking about the model. The model, yeah. You know. Well, that's the thing. When you listen to you know, Scudamore's a salesman. Scudamore's there to, to, to present the Premier League in the best light and basically get the best deal for it. Which, he, you know, and to be perfectly fair to God, whatever you think about him, he does a pretty bloody exceptional job. You know, every time the, the TV rights come up for sale, we all sit there and go, surely it can't go for as much money this time with, you know, you can't yeah. be being like it what it is. And lo and behold, fair play to him between him and the clubs, they turn up and, you know, a bigger money deal than they did the last time. And, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's a, another side to this coin and you know we can we can look at you know Germany and and Spain as as models in terms of how clubs are owned and how fans are involved but you know we we watch a 
a good league. You know, it's it's arguably a little more competitive than it was ten years ago. It doesn't maybe have the stars that you know, you know, with with the likes of Ronaldo going. Does it really, you know, Thierry Henry? Does it really have the the big stars that it did a few years back? Well, maybe not. But um, you know, I saw. When, when Sturridge signed for Liverpool, someone described it as a marquee signing, and you know, or a decent player as he is, you, you're probably pushing it a little bit. Whereas, you know, a few years ago, you're talking about the fight between us and City for Aguero or Rubinho, whoever it was, as, you know, as being the marquee signing, which I believe is a, a phrase that Bruce Buck coined anyway. Um, you're, you're pushing it to suggest that, that Daniel Sturridge is is that. I mean, uh, uh, Hutton Hutton contrasts. You know the German economy and the UK economy um, in general, and says that their that their approach to their football, you know their their major league football and our major league football are two different, should we say, models. And it will be interesting how how strong the Bundesliga is starting to look. Um, I mean, just on a purely personal note. Um, the boy is only well, he'll he'll nearly be nine. He's as in he he asks every week whether or not I've remembered to I call it tape, but obviously it's just record <laughs> record the Bundesliga highlights. Now I don't know what it is about the Bundesliga that interests him. Um obviously some of the names are recognisable because he's watched international football and so on and so forth. He's never been to Germany. He you know, he doesn't, maybe it's the foreignness of the names in the same way that we all got very excited about Italian football uh, when I was considerably older. But if you remember back when Channel 4 started to yeah, show no, you, you know, he doesn't, because I don't have Sky, he, do, he doesn't get to see La Liga. I'm sure he'd watch that just as, you know, he's interested, but he likes watching the Bundesliga as a league. as a And I think part of it is when you see the pictures, the huge crowds, the flags, the atmosphere, you know, they do have that going on there, and oh, certainly you know, having, having been in, you know, you know a, a wet Wednesday against Southampton won't have that going on. Yeah. You know, so I'm not saying that, that they're brilliant and we're not. I'm just saying that you know they're going about it a different way, and you know, uh, Will Hutton is um, is contrasting the two. There was one other point I'd like to make. Uh, there was a documentary last year, or the year before, on Channel Five that they made out it was going to expose, you know, Ferguson. Uh, being on the take and all this sort of stuff and it wasn't really that at all you know explicitly but it was centered out in Malaysia and what was happening was there were there were people out there trying to find buyers for, for, for Premier League clubs and they were sort of breaking the rules in the way they went about it and Ferguson was over there and one or two other bods were around and it wasn't about them personally or about Man United or anything like that. What was interesting was the concept was that you bought a Premier League club, you got alongside someone like Ferguson and one or two other um, managers. You've got loan, lots and lots of loan players out of them. Sorry, you didn't buy a Premier League club, you bought a Championship club. You've got lots and lots of loan players out of the Premier League and got yourself up into the Premier League. And the whole thing wasn't about, like you said, John, wasn't about wanting, you know, being fascinated by football, buying into a football club for the excitement. It was about getting yourself up there because that's where the revenue was. But interestingly, you look at Lerner at Aston Villa, you look at the Glazers in Man United, 
you look at John Henry in Liverpool, they are not, although the Glazers are sucking money out of a rate out of Man United, they're not making the sort of returns that, if you look at the big NFL franchises, you look at the big basketball franchises, the big baseball franchises, the, the, the successful ones, well, you're, you're, you're guaranteed a lot more money out of those, you know, the big ice hockey franchises, not the mob playing out in the desert who get about 10 people and are subsidised heavily, you know, by by the big teams from up north. But, you know, those, you, you can do the numbers. You've got salary caps, you've got crowds, you've got assets, I mean, and, and you can make your money. That's and you can't thing. do that in the Premier League at the it's, moment, and that, that will lead them to try and go for this it's you know, pay-per-view yeah. It's a, break away. It's, it's a very valid point. The, I mean, the interesting thing, and I, I, it was an article a while back, and I can't remember who wrote it. It might have even been Martin Samuel. Um, but talking about um, the likes of Peter Kenyon, Gary Cook, who was the... Um, the CEO City, of the city, who was who was dreadfully unpopular because he was, you know, he made some fairly embarrassing errors. You know, referred to them as United on the odd occasion. <laughs> not not the best move if you're um, if you're in charge of a club like that. But the, the suggestion was was that you know these are the guys who want to make Premiership football into that huge money generating franchise you know because at the moment they're you know they're, they're dealing with this you know terribly recalcitrant bunch of fans who are looking at it going bollocks so we'd only on watch our, our teams play in the states mm. what he you know what they want is to turn this thing into into a, a huge global brand um I mean, Gary Cook I, I've got I, it's not my cup of tea at all but um Gary Cook's now gone to um the, the ultimate fighting championship the they sort of sure, martial arts yeah. thing which is it's not my thing at all but you know that again is another huge huge global brand which you know the people have allegiances to certain fighters but you know they don't care where it's it takes place it's on tv they can go and watch it you know on any one of you know x number of different continents at any time of year um and that's what these people wanted for the premiership mm. and you know, does does the plan that Gazidis and, and his and his pals have cooked up? I, to me, that doesn't really seem to be what they're aiming for. They want to sort of cook their own domestic market to, to suit themselves. Oh, I view. think that, that's the that's the first stage. I think that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, like I said, mm. you, you know, whatever they've put forward, you can guarantee there are two or three more steps behind this, which will mm. which would make the picture a lot clearer if you knew about it. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. You know, when you hear Scudamore talk, I don't get the the impression there's a man who particularly cares about the game or cares about the fans. He cares about the product and he cares about how people view it. But does does he actually have an interest in in the match going fan? And you know, and this goes on to the point, like you say, but you know, the guy who you know Carson Young or whoever who buys buys a football club leverages it to shite. You know, he he does, he's never going to walk the streets. Yeah. So there must be a legal framework that, that, that that's well, already in so. place in the UK that, that would allow the Premier League, you know, to do a bit more uh, in terms well, of. There, there is. There's the, the, there's the, um, uh, the righteous owner thing. I can't remember what they called it now. The, the right, right and proper persons. Right yeah. and proper persons, says whoever. Which surely uh, which is not beyond tax, the wit of any uh, half decent uh, lawyer tax, to look at. 
Yeah, but the logical through it. So you yeah, know. you know. So I mean, I mean, I mean, there's plenty there to say that that's the legal equivalent of the medical that we had on Fernando Torres, as far as I <laughs> yeah, can see. Yeah, it is. Two but, legs. Yeah, yeah that's it, fine. It, it, yeah. it just needs, you know, possibly needs a bit of strengthening or whatever. I, I, I uh, think they need to be a lot more careful about. Yeah. You know, I mean, football's a, football's quite democratic in that it it does observe several different business models, you know, and and uh, and and allows them all to run alongside each other. Which doesn't happen in business anywhere else, you know. They you do have the the um, the beneficial owner who you know transfers loans into equity or whatever, or in Manchester City's case where they have the you know the big deal with the airline just happens to have, uh, what you be, owned, be owned by their owner. And, and uh, you, you, I can't see that you're ever getting around it. I mean, I do think what, what, what you're looking at, Tony, is you know I've, I've got to be careful now. Is looks very like a sort of cartel-style yes. thing happening, whereby four or five major clubs seize control of yes. the whole of, of football. Yeah. You know, everyone else is still playing, but they, they, they have no chance of ever competing at the same level. Mm, you know, yeah, okay, you can call I... it financial, financial doping if you like, but, you know, there, there is an entry fee that has to be paid yes. to... To outweigh the historical power of certain well, that's the thing. Companies. I mean, but it, indeed, Te- but they, you know, what, they, what they are making sure is that you can't have a HMV situation. You can't have you know IBM dying out like they almost did. But, you know the big giants are looking to stay the big giants no matter what happens, and, and that's that's not going to do anything. I think and it that's, won't be the that, FA that leads. That, sorry, sorry to interrupt, Tony, yeah. but that, that leads that leads on to an interesting point. There's an article in the Telegraph today about the demise of HMV, and ultimately, if a, if a business isn't delivering what its customers customers want, it's going to fail. And football clubs are obviously a very different thing in the sense that we're suckers. It doesn't matter if the business keeps failing, and you know. The, not delivering what we want, which is trophies and success and good football or whatever it happens to be, we'll keep on supporting because that's what we do. But the point that this this article made um, in the Telegraph about HMV was it thought it well, people thought it was bigger than it was, and you know you are either you, you're sort of reaching the point, and I wonder whether this is actually the case with football now. You are either very small and local and you serve your local community and that's the way it works like you know your little organic butchers does or you are huge you are you know the the huge conglomerate you're the tesco you are the amazon you're the google or whoever it happens to be and it increasingly seems that if you are sat in the middle of that you're kind of nowhere and some of your customers are going to be picked off by the little guy down the bottom. A lot of your customers are going to be picked off by the big guy at the top. And you're sort of nowhere. But the other way to look at it, John, would be we've just had 150 years of the tube, okay? The tube system in London was originally envisioned, as I understand it, uh, or, or became over time, seen as a form of transport for the working person to cheaply get to their place of work to get around London. Mm. Yeah, that the, the fare structure, etc. we're going way back pre-war, <coughs> was directed. It was meant to be, you know, rich people didn't go down the smelly tube, etc., etc. It, um, it was mass transit. Yeah, mass transit. It was, it was for the working person. Now, the tube is still there, and I think football will still be there. It's just not for the same... So it's not so much that football will die out... 
It's that no. if, if your idea of football is one thing, it's actually moving away from you and what you think of as football, you know, in 20, 30 years' time, um, will not be there. It will be something else. It will just have decided that there's more money to it, just the same way the tube is now the rich person's way of getting around London. Mm. Um, football will be a, a, an entertainment for those. Well, I think who, it will, but I think take it, it in a different way. It, it, to me, it, it, the point I've just made about you're either very big or you're very small. I think that that will be it. You know, I, I suspect there will be people who will sit and want to want to pay a hundred quid for a ticket to watch, you know, Chelsea Barcelona twice a season in some Euro Super League, or pay a tenner for it online. Will I be there? Well, yeah, you know. I suspect I probably will be to a certain extent, but for for your match day experience, you know, will we just will we just go to you know Sutton United or, or wherever it happens to be, you know, the nearest club to our to where we live? Will we go local and support the local business, consume the local product, pay far less, probably have just as enjoyable afternoon an afternoon out or an evening out, uh, and be happy with it? I, I just in the end, it will become like um, what not WWF because that's all about saving pandas. But you know, it will become as predictable and as storied and as you know, basically manipulated as that. So yes, you will get hundreds and thousands of people all crammed in, holding up their John three sixteens or whatever, and all that, and it will be a big event. But sport, it won't be in, yeah. in the way that we understand it. Yeah. Can I just say one last thing on on the subject? Yeah, go ahead, because I think we should probably round up. Yeah. Um, It was only today that I became... His master's voice, little Nipper, Mm. is is standing there listening to his master's voice. He is actually sitting on the coffin of his master, listening to a recording of his master's voice, apparently. How how poignant. See. How poignant! Yeah, just, um, just a little bit, yeah. Well, I, 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 I have. Well, I, I'm probably as hypocritical as the next man. I, you know, I, it smells great sadness at HMV going down because it was my my first job in inverted commas in the music industry, and you know, worked at a record shop and moved on from there. Um, yeah, that you know, then someone says, well, "When was the last time you went in one?" Yeah, that's probably a valid point. Yeah. Um, just before Christmas. <clears throat> yeah. Did you buy anything? Uh, yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, did you? Well, it was interesting because um, Chuka Umana, the um, up and up and coming Labour Labour um, Labour MP, or I think they said their Trade and Industry Secretary or whatever the, the equivalent or Business Secretary or whatever Shadow Business Secretary or whatever it is nowadays, um, was 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 pressed. He said, "Oh yes, I went into a, an HMV before Christmas." And then when he was pressed upon it and realising that this, these things could probably be checked, they asked him what he bought. He said, "I didn't actually buy anything." and Ergo, there is your point. Yeah. It's a bit um, like Cameron and his pie. Yes, I was going to say, yes, of course, I've been into it, Greg's, recently. My ass, Greg's, what is it? Um, Indeed. Chaps, I th- we could probably, we could, we could carry on about this all night. I think it's, um, it's going to be a it's very interesting. interesting yeah. Can I say two things? And, and very possibly, I was going to say, very sorry. possibly, it's not going to be a subject that is, you know, that we will leave alone. I think we will be obviously no, revisiting d- this and. We will revisit it. I, I would like um, Mark, Mark. Generally, has a few sage words to think on yeah. to say on uh, on the matters of modern football. So I'd like to hear his thoughts on it. Um, but yeah, Donald, go um, ahead. A guy brought a banner in to the Arsenal stadium. You know, protesting yes. the sixty pound uh, was basically threatened with arrest for you know uh, public uh, order offences and was forced to take it down. Free speech for you. 
And um, did you see and, that, and, and the linesman who who suggested to Lescott and uh, what's it uh, that they should maybe go and you know applaud the fans who had forked out sixty two quid. Uh, it's been taken off his next game supposedly to protect him from publicity. Yeah. In the same way that Mark Clattenburg was removed from I, to protect well, I, I, him from. You know, just ridiculous. On top of that, a, a third Arsenal fan who um, had um, the, something about the £62 charge, uh, Manchester City fan, sorry, who had something about the charge on his T-shirt was ordered to remove the T-shirt. Mm. I mean, it's shocking, isn't it? I it's, just... You know, where are we? I mean, it was bad enough with, you know, you can't take Pepsi into the Olympics because it's sponsored by Coke. I mean, Well, listen, you know, that's it, the way it, football's it, going, isn't it? That's, yeah, it that's is. Exactly it is. What I, I just think it, it sums up, again, goes back to Will Hutton's work. It just sums up everything that's wrong with society. You know, we, we and we're just supine, laying there as a nation, as a society going, yeah, do it to us. Fuck us over. You tell us what we can and can't do, even though that's not illegal, even though it's not offending anybody. Yeah. yeah. Mm. All, pro- to, all to protect the fucking brand. It, Tone, it drives me mad, sorry. You're overheating. Calm yeah, down. I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before I, I, I will be in full out on it mode, I'll tell you. Right. To round up a few little snippets, um, Rick, Rick Glanville has very kindly replied on the subject of, um, of, of whether we have played. Fulham, Brentford, and QPR in the same season. Gents, would you take, care to take a punt? Yes Ooh. or no? No. Donal? Um, I've already seen it, so I'll own up. Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah. The, the answer is actually, I don't need to. I know the answer is no because I've just written about the last Brentford game in 1950 and we didn't play QPR until 1968. Oh, right. So, so we, we never have. So it is a first. So those those proper Chelsea away fans who go to all three games that will be uh, that will be um, yeah it will be a, a, a first a, a veritable landmark so to speak yeah. Chief, um, we um, holding on to. we we refer we refer back to um, the FA Cup third round replays obviously we know that we're play- excuse me we're playing Brentford um, Stoke four Crystal Palace one it was one all after um, after ninety minutes Stoke went. Um, Went three one up with two goals from guess who? <laughs> <laughs> so he's had, he's had a better night tonight, and yes. um, I have to say, oh, fair play for all know. the stick he took, fair play to him because yeah. he must have he must have had a dreadful day on Saturday. So um, yeah. so well done that man. Um, we um, we wish briefly wish uh, Lucas Pierzon good luck on loan at Malaga, where he's um, he's shipped out to today. Um, so hopefully we'll see him back at the bridge next season. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, we obviously have uh, Southampton at home tomorrow, and then um, Arsenal at the bridge on Sunday. Um, I've no doubt we will reconvene at some point in the next week or so, hopefully with Mark in tow. Um, in the meantime, does anyone have any final thoughts before we ramble on for far too long? Uh, I did. Uh, I, I, I think the only thing I picked up on was the, uh, the hygiene uh, report that went on at the clubs and that uh, Chelsea were um, discovered having served... Um, an out-of-date turkey. Go for it, it go on. Fernando There's Torrens. The no. That's <laughs> yes. the one. In we go. It was also it was also noted there was there was rodent activity in the um, in the Old Trafford in the, in the food preparation areas of um, of Old Trafford, which we could be cruel and suggest they were getting the food in early for Liverpool's visit. But... <laughs> Good God. That's, that's a, uh, on no, Liverpool, briefly. 
Yes, last thing. Uh, Liverpool has just brought it to mind. Um, people may have seen around the place that uh, David Peace's next novel is going to be Shankly. about Bill Shankly. Yeah. Wet, um, wet, oh, my grim, God. Grim rain, suffering, wet, north, uh, rain, uh, suffering. Black clouds, black you. clouds, come down. Oh, the bloke's writing style drives me mental. <laughs> oh. well, yeah, whether you like him or not, it will be about Shankly, but... It, yeah. I suspect it will be quite interesting to read. Um, and yeah. one of the, uh, from a positive angle, I believe, and while people are dreading the, the sort of you know further deification and more about Liverpool, etc., mm. you know, perhaps one you know uh, it'd be interesting to see what comes out about you know a man who was did he stick by his socialist principles and so on and so forth. You know, be interesting to hear what mm. uh, peace makes of it. Well, it's um, there, there was a couple of people. Maybe there, there was sort of vaguely. There was an interesting discussion about um, about about David Peace and what what the, the subject for his next book was going to be. Um, and there was brief mutterings on Twitter, not really corroborated by anyone, but a suggestion that he he ruled out Savile and celebrity culture because it was actually a bit too close to a lot of what he'd written already in the um, in the Ridings trilogy. Mm. Um, and also, one of his um, one of his possible subjects was was Jeff Boycott, um, who got who saw what he did to Clough, and apparently he was quite good mates with Clough, um, and got lawyered up a bit sharpish. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a problem for Peace if he's seen as someone who's always going to write about someone rather than just writing. Yeah, uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens with with Shank because you know Shankly is one of those people. I don't mean that I hope he takes him apart or anything like that, but. It would be very interesting to see. We all think we know a lot about Shankly, but do we really? You know, mm. and, um, yeah. probably takes us back to a time when Liverpool was perhaps more of a, a power in the country than. I, I don't mean the club. I mean the, the city. It's, yeah, it's a stronger place than than it is now economically and so on. So yeah. it's interesting. And how how will Michael Sheen adapt himself to um, to play Bill Shankly? Bill oh, Shankly, yes. But, <laughs> <laughs> on that note, gents, Ken Stott, Ken Stott will be keeping an eye out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Having just played a dwarf in The Hobbit. There's <laughs> <laughs> a degree of method acting going on. Yeah. Um, right, uh, we will convene at some point in the next week or so. Gents, thank you as yeah. always. Mark, hope you're listening. Everyone else will consider live at some point, but you know, Keep tuning in, and we will talk to you again soon. Cheers, guys. Good night. Good night. night.